Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, two, two. Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of uh, Did You America Season 2, Episode... Numbers! Uh, Jeremy's there, I'm Ian Camfield, and floating around in cyberspace around everyone at the moment is a new Guns N' Roses song. It's only taken 10 years, and actually it's not really new. Wait, it's not new? It (laughs) sounds new. I've never heard of this one. I think what it sounds like is Axel trying to sound new in the early 2000s, and now because they've released it in 2021, it actually sounds dated again. This is so they've started another tour, right? Okay. And by the way, I should say I'm a I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan, and and we've said on Did You America before. I'm I'm very intrigued as to how they've got back or at least got Axel back to kind of like the top of his game again considering how many years he didn't sound good and he looked terrible and he'd be coming on stage at 1am or walking off after 30 minutes and yet Slash and Duff came back to the band about five years ago and they've toured aside from the pandemic pretty consistently in stadiums a lot since then and he's on stage on time and he you know he looks okay he looks a lot better than he did on previous occasions and suddenly he's got a voice that can work again i mean it's pretty miraculous right i mean based on what i heard i don't I don't know if the voice is working. No, that so this is this diff, this is this new song. So they've been playing the new song that's not a new song. They've been playing since they started their latest run of shows, which was about a week ago, uh, this track live. And then from out of nowhere last night, they, they put it up on uh, all streaming sites. So it's called Absurd. But and pe- that it is. <laughs> people that are huge Guns N' Roses fans have recognized it as a track that Axel was playing live in the early 2000s, only back then it was called Silkworms. So, if so you- this was, he was playing when he wasn't with Slash and Duff, when he was on his own makeshift GNR. If you do the chronology on this, it seems that this song is a reworked version of a track that he was working on during the Chinese democracy era. Chinese democracy era, I'm saying, runs from about 1995 until it came out in 2008, right? right? (laughs) So there's a lot of songs that were floating around and he was playing live during that time. So occasionally you'd get a song that, that wasn't released. So this is the baffling thing, and I have a theory on this. It seems that they haven't released any music as Guns N' Roses for 10 years. Slash and Duff have been back in the band for uh, a good five years now. And they've been saying that they've been working on new music, which, of course, there's a huge degree of intrigue in. But it seems that the first new music they've released since, you know, the foundations of the classic lineup got back together again is actually an old song that dates back to when Slash and Duff weren't in the band. So, OK, let me ask you this. 
have you since they got back together with Axel? Mm-hmm. Have you seen them live? Or yes. You all, so you have, and he sounded good. Yeah. Because all accounts from everyone have been that he's. I mean, he even it wasn't just with Guns N' Roses. He also replaced Brian Johnson in ACDC for a little bit. So clearly, in the last five years live, he sounds great. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing we were going to talk about this song, you asked me before we recorded today to listen to the song, and I'm not going to lie, I would have never listened to this song otherwise, because truthfully, as much as I love Guns N' Roses, after 91, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just don't care. So I figured, all right, let's give it a listen. And right away, uh, on the way here, I put it on in my car, and you hear the guitar, you hear the drums. I'm stopping my feet. I'm like, this song is actually kind of rocking. It almost sounds like early 2000s skater punk, right? which is an era of punk that I really enjoyed. So I'm into it. But then a voice comes on the track, <laughs> and... To say it's unfamiliar would be an understatement. It's very also like produced. So there's no signs whatsoever that this is Axel singing on the song until you get the random, almost David Lee Roth-esque high-pitched squeal out of nowhere like five times throughout the song right yeah I, when the vocals first came in I thought to myself is this one that Duff McKagan is singing like it's a, it almost sounds closer to a Duff vocal than it does an, an, an Axel vocal so uh, this is here's the thing right this is my theory on this big bands huge bands that leave long periods of time between them doing stuff right leaving a long period of time during which you don't make music has the opposite effect of leaving a long period of time between the band splitting up and then the band going back out on tour right the longer you wait to reunite and tour the bigger the demand gets and then the theory is you can go out and play the classic old songs and if you look half decent or sort of like you used to look you can get away with that when you leave a huge long period of time between releasing music and you had classic songs that are now part of pop culture that everyone knows and then you come back with something it's going to be instantly judged alongside in guns and roses case sweet child of mine paradise city welcome to the jungle you know whatever it is unless you come back with something that's so different it can't really be judged because it almost sounds like a different band, in which case I think this is just Guns N' Roses putting out something to give them more longevity with the touring because they're going, you know, we said we were working on new music. Here's some proof. I I disagree about one aspect of that. For the most part, I totally agree with you. But for me, whenever bands who have been around for a long time want to do this whole let's put out new music thing, the reason why it disappoints a lot of times, in my opinion, is that it doesn't sound anything like the old band so where you want to compare to that you know they're trying to have this new modern sound and everyone's like well that's not what we're used to and to be honest with you i thought guns and roses was above all that you know for the last five years while they've been doing this you know back again tour Mm. all they've done is played the hits they're not trying to surprise anyone you don't get this random here's uh five solo songs from slash or like anything like that and they seemed content with doing what the people want, putting on a nostalgia show for everyone. And you know, every once in a while Slash can be featured on some random person's song, get his fix that way. But whenever you get a long awaited new music, it's 
I mean, nobody wants it. It's, it's they might as well call it the "Who Gives a Shit" album because no one gives a shit. Right, but if you do something that's completely different, people might say they dislike it, but they still get into the discussion about how it's different rather than it's. Oh, it sounds a bit like November Rain, but it's not quite as good. So it's like you do, uh, you know, the full one eighty on it. It's like the same for me. It's like the same thing with when the album, like with Chinese Democracy. Right. There was so much hype put on Ch- Chinese de- Democracy that unless it was appetite for destruction everyone was gonna hate it no matter what that happens every i think uh dr dre too he had an album that everyone waited on for 20 the years chronic too the, right and then what happened it well no no the chronic too was great i'm saying uh oh god what was that album called that he didn't put out till like 2010 and it was awful i thought that was the chronic too hold on Jeremy's going to Google. Well, my 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 thing with this Guns N' Roses thing is that um, I think... Detox. Right. He that, waited to put out Detox for years, and when he finally put out Detox, no one cared. Well, the thing with uh, with Chinese democracy, I think, I forget who it was, but like, Axel had burned through a million managers, and there was a big-time, very successful manager who'd taken him on for Chinese democracy. And I think the thing was by that point, and again, this is my point about why it's the inverse of leaving long periods of time before you... You release music to doing it for live shows you leave the longer you leave for live shows the bigger the money you make the longer you leave for new music the harder it is to make the follow-up and i think the person whoever it was that was managing axel at that time their idea basically was it doesn't matter what chinese democracy sounds like now because we've waited so long it can't possibly live up to the hype right. and, and i reckon that manager's uh concept was just put the album out then we can get over that and then I'll put you back with the key members of the band and then we can all start making money. And I think it didn't actually work out for that particular manager. I want to say it might have been Irving Azoff, but I might be wrong, but it's someone of that kind of stature stature in the music business. But I think it didn't work out at that point because at that point in time, Axel wasn't low enough in his bank account to need slash and dump the money. The (laughs) one thing, whoever that manager was, maybe Irving Azoff or someone else screwed up, was the timing with Axel's bank balance. Like everything else about that plan was sound because I, I don't like Chinese Democracy. It's an all right album. I quite enjoyed it it's nowhere near as good as as the previous albums and to be honest even if it was the amount of anticipation because of the amount of time it took it it, it was always doomed to fail you needed to get him to put it out and be done with it and then move on to reuniting and although the reuniting took a little bit longer that is effectively what happened now i think with this new guns and roses song and this might give us some sort of insight into the dynamic behind the band now that none of the members want to talk about because it's like seeing behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz. Right. I think that Slash and Duff coming back to Guns N' Roses came back with some conditions, and they were probably all about you need to keep your voice in check, you need to come on stage on time, you need to complete the shows, like all of the things that Axel had become notoriously unreliable about. Right. And now suddenly he's doing, I think they were like, we'll do this, but you need to keep that together. I reckon, and this is pure speculation on my part, I haven't spoken to anyone from that world, I reckon the trade-off in that was... They faxed Axel Rose with that list of demands from their dressing room. And Axel Rose from his dressing room on the other side of the stadium faxed Slash and Duff back and said, All right, I'll do all of this because I'm about to have my phone cut off and I need the money. <laughs> but if I do, I have to have creative control over the new music that we put out. To which they faxed back, 
okay, we want to play a Velvet Revolver song in the set, which they're currently doing. And then Axel faxed back, damn, this pen's run out. Can someone give me a pen? I can't afford to buy a pen. I can't afford <laughs> or a to computer, buy- <laughs> apparently. <laughs> oh, no, he's totally still faxing. I, I told you, there's a certain rock type of rock star that would not use the phone and would still be suspicious of email. Like, Axel once got an AOL startup disc and couldn't work out how to use it, and he gave up on email after that right. in 1997, <laughs> right? He was like... I read something that Lars said about file sharing being bad in the 90s and I'm all out on yeah, it. I'm sold. St- I'm sticking with it. Th- there is a company that still makes fax machines and it's exclusively for Axel Rose and Keith Richards. I'm Apparently telling they're you. they're called Napster too. <laughs> yeah, imagine that if Napster... That's what they became. <laughs> <laughs> Napster were like, shit, how are we going to diversify? We'll make fax machines for rock musicians who are suspicious about email. That's exactly what they did. Um... Yeah, I totally believe like he then faxed back using someone else's pen because he couldn't afford to buy a new one at that point. Um, uh, okay, but I'm going to have the, the the creative control, which I think is why you've got a song because we don't, actually don't even know if Slash and Duff are on this song because it sounds like it came out in the early 2000s. Like, oh, I think the guitar definitely has a, a Slash tone to it, sa- it you do raise a good point it sounds like slash might have overdubbed a solo on a right, song right. that was that was well, made in the early it's, 2000s it's like uh you know when david lee roth left van halen like that first solo album he did he brought on some guitarist that's famous i forget what his name was oh, but, steve Vai. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and all he did was he basically told him like try your best to sound like eddie van halen right, so right. even though obviously he couldn't do what eddie did the sound of that first album is almost like hey he's still with eddie let's right. rock out but I, I and I, I kind of do agree with your uh, your take on my point about how you want it to sound like old Guns N' Roses. Uh, but I still say that when you've got a band of that stature and there'll be like people like me, I've already got a, a text chain going with various different friends all over America about what we think of this new song. When you've got that level of fans, even if they all say it's shit and it sounds like Axel's experimental 2001 period, there's still that level of chat going on. And I, I think... Brace yourself, I might be about to say something controversial. Oh, no. Hold on to something firm. I got the table. (laughs) I think, I think, you know, this may be potential proof that Guns N' Roses are like, all right, we've been in the studio. We can't really follow up Welcome to the Jungle, which is what people would want. 10 versions of if we were going to put out a new album but people are going is there new music is there new music let's just give them this because it'll like give us some more live shows you know what was the most absurd thing about Guns N' Roses new song absurd Mm -hmm. was that I managed to make it through all three minutes of the song (laughs) it honestly I you you're giving it like this like oh you know it's here it's fine it's whatever we still have the whole thing i only heard axel rose singing on that song and where i was excited to maybe see them on this leg of the tour when they come to dfw i'm, I'm not going if he's gonna sound anything like that i don't want to hear no, welcome to the jungle he, in that no tone. no no but he doesn't because as per the facts sent from slash and duff stressing room <laughs> yeah. we will play the hits and you have to sound something close to the way you did when you sang them in 1991 oh no i for instance i'm and going you're gonna get through it's three minutes that's the other thing right where probably when axel said okay well you know i've got a bunch of stuff I haven't released since 2001 where I tried to sound some sort of some kind of like Nine Inch Nails industrial version of Guns N' Roses uh, slash you can put a solo on it if you want but they probably went to themselves 
All right, let him put out that. What's the shortest song? Three minutes? Okay, that's just three minutes in Go the set. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. right, so basically, for me, I'm going to a concert tonight. I'm going to see my favorite rap group of all time, Atmosphere. And I know. For, now, for instance, I do like a good amount of their new music. They haven't been out as long as Guns N' Roses and never reached the amount of fame they did. Right. But the reason why fans still enjoy their new music, for the most part, almost everyone that's a fan of this group likes their new music is because it sounds just like their old music because they they kept the same now it's not the same songs but they kept the same sound that people beloved another side uh, the another group that's on the bill tonight cypress hill i know for a fact i will not hear one new cypress hill song i will hear hits from the bong all these songs involving weed and that is it (laughs) do you mean if cypress hill made new music it wouldn't involve weed no it would but they're no better to they would be like why we have these great weed songs we're gonna create new weed songs who does that (laughs) non-potheads that's two fucking posers all right well but i i still think that this is the um this is the the thing with guns and roses i think we're getting a little insight into the dynamic behind the band and also i I was i would go as far as to say this that if you are a fan and you want to keep on seeing guns and roses do a pretty good job of going out and playing the hits on time with axel of decent voice which is what they're doing if you want that to continue you're gonna have to stomach a few three minute songs that sound a bit like bad nine inch nails from 2001 because i reckon with no evidence whatsoever that that was the fax exchange between the dressing rooms that were probably about as far away from one another it was as it was possible to be in whatever stadium they were faxing one another i'm just disappointed they never brought democracy to china <laughs> i'll tell you one other thing that's kind of linked to this in terms of like disappointment with what your favorite band's doing now would be a good time to bring up the fake iron maiden leak that had me up at 5 a.m can you imagine my wait, disappointment wait so the whole album isn't real <laughs> I uh oh, don't get me that excited. I uh <laughs> yeah, you were like it's not happening, oh, thank no. god. I knew it. <laughs> I mean it never even existed. I w- I don't often do this. Uh but I woke up like in the middle of the night or early in the morning. I don't know, it's like 4:35 a.m. a few days ago and um I just had the urge to to, to uh check my phone and when i did check my Masturbate. phone i well well yeah i mean i was like okay it's four a.m you wake up at four in the morning what else are you gonna do i don't need to be awake for another three hours what's the best way to get back to sleep <laughs> iron maiden hub <laughs> well what i thought what i thought i found on my phone was better than going to X Hamster. Okay. So I'm reaching for my phone at 4 a.m. to have, you know, some alone, uh, then good sleep time. (laughs) You know. Oh, I know. (laughs) But before I can go to X Hamster, there's a text message that's come through like a couple of hours previously while I was sleeping from a buddy of mine going, oh my God, the Maiden album leaked. I'm like, I was rock hard. <laughs> but like, Paul Hub has never done this. Right. You'd have thought that I shot Viagra into my dick. <laughs> I, 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 it, I'm like, it, it went fit to go. And I came. <laughs> 
Then I thought, I'm not sleeping ever again. This is so exciting. (laughs) Who needs sleep? I didn't even reach for the tissues to wipe up the mess. I went straight from my bedroom at 4.30 a.m. into my front room because I'm thinking, my God, if it's leaked, it's going to get taken down. This could be like a once in a lifetime's chance until it's released in a month for me to hit, right? So I got, right, this is me, like 4.30 a.m. on a a Tuesday morning, whatever it is. I'm like, right, but I didn't even, I was so rushed. I didn't even like get my... My uh, my laptop to start streaming to my boss. I'm like, it could, what if it's taken down during my life? Oh my god! So I go on and I find this link that my buddy sent me, right? And uh, I start playing this one one new song, and it's one of the because tr- they've released the, the official track listings on uh, Spotify or wherever. So I start playing this new song, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah! And it's like Bruce is like hitting some notes, and it's like classic Iron Maiden riffage, and I'm like, like, oh! And then I go to my phone, and I see the next text message from my buddy, and he goes, um, I think they might be uh, some rough mixes. Whoever uncovered the tape, because two of the songs don't even have vocals on. I'm like, I don't care. I'll listen to the <laughs> Who music. Needs vocals. Anyway, so then I listen to the two songs that don't have vocals on, and I'm like, yep, I can imagine what the words are going to be like. Oh my God, this is great. And then I get to the fourth song of the supposed leak, and suddenly this one sounds distinctively un-Iron Maiden. Oh, or no. like, not un-Iron Maiden, because it still sounds like Bruce Dickinson singing, but it doesn't sound like what they would put on album in 2021. And they're not Guns N' Roses. They're not going to let you down with some three-minute song that sounds like Bad Nine Inch Nails from... 10 years ago. Right, nine minutes or nothing. 13 and a half minutes is going to be my new favorite song. Stand by for the parchment, everybody. Anyway, to cut a long story short, suddenly, like, I mean, my erection just droops where I suddenly realized that actually, I think this is someone playing a joke. And then I do a little bit more research because I go to the next track and I realize... This this song that you claim is one of the new songs, it was actually this is how they how they let themselves down. I columboed this situation and I went You claim this is the parchment, but your version of the parchment is only nine minutes. According to Spotify, the version that's gonna be officially released in a month is thirteen and a half minutes. And then I discovered, because I Googled further, there's a band in South Africa that are an Iron Maiden tribute band that have got a singer who, credit to him, sounds just like Bruce Dickinson. Please tell me you were basically listening to Run to the Hills in South Africa. <laughs> I was listening. I think it was them. I don't know if they've if they've admitted that they did it as a joke because people like me waking up at 4 a.m. would have been like, oh, my God. They basically went into a studio and recorded a bunch of songs that sounded like Iron Maiden because they can sound like Iron Maiden. Right. Gave them the song titles that are online as the official <laughs> song titles and basically fooled a load of people into believing that this was what the new because as That's I said genius. a couple of the songs do sound like Iron Maid and the idea as well that you didn't have the vocals on a couple of songs that almost made it more convincing I uh- I was gonna, the only thing that could have made this prank worse for you is that instead of it being a fake album done by Iron Maiden imposters, is if when you click that link, it was like the big black dude who's always naked, you know? <laughs> you know, like the, the guy who's like kind of hunched over and you click the link, all of a sudden, like, big black dick! <laughs> you know 
who uh, in the 80s when the Rolling Stones were releasing Harlem Shuffle, Howard Stern actually did that. They basically went in and created a fake version of a song that sounded like it could be the Rolling Stones. Really? And we're like, oh, we got the premiere. Here it is. And everyone believed it. So clearly this band is taking that a step further. Oh, they they did a quite a good uh, quite a good uh, version of Iron Maiden. So they had me uh, they had me kind of fooled. But my takeaway from this Iron Maiden South African tribute band is you're not as good because you know well clearly that the parchment is 13 and a half minutes and I reckon they really tried to make a song like that and had to give up around the 10 minute mark right <laughs> they ran out of we- material fucking weaklings <laughs> I am made in the 40 years into their career and they can still knock out 13 and a half minute songs and you gave up at 9 that's why you're stuck in South Africa <laughs> All right, we'll be back with uh, more stuff about the way of the world right now and a little update on Song of the Week next on Did You America. All right, let's do uh, part two of Did You America. Uh, We have Song of the Week still active. Three songs for you to choose from. You can vote on the website, didyouamerica.com, or there is a poll active on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, This week, I went with the new solo effort from Jerry Cantrell out of uh, Alice in Chains. It's a song called Atone. I chose Skate by Silk Sonic. A New York producer going with Secret Life by Bleachers featuring Lana Del Rey. So, Secret Life by Bleachers featuring Lana Del Rey, Skate by Silk Sonic, or Atone by Jerry Cantrell. Uh, Vote for Song of the Week, digiumerica.com, or if you want to go to the poll on my Twitter, I am at Ian Canfield there. There are also the places you can uh, talk to the show if you've got any messages for us. Uh, you can uh, send us messages via the website or Twitter or indeed on my Instagram. Camfield off the radio is where you will find me on Instagram. Um, by the way, can you just Google this? Because talking yeah. to someone who sent us a message, according to someone called Dez, Caitlyn Jenner, whom you know, not that I wish to go overtly political on this podcast ever, but I'm definitely backing her for governor of California, is doing I'm a celebrity in the jungle, whatever it's called, in Australia right now. That gives me some concerns that she may not be completely committed to the calls that I was supporting her for. Is Des correct? So I googled Caitlyn Jenner, I'm a celebrity in the jungle, and I'm not seeing it. Oh, wait, hold on. Now I see... I, no, that was a that was old. That was in 2019. She was in something called "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Okay, so that's two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that's now, old. But are Don't they worry. doing it like the the Olympics when it was tw- and the, the the Euros where it was 2020, but it happened in 2021? Hold on, I don't know how how delayed they are. I'm looking. Okay, hold on. We got some news stories about Caitlyn Jenner. Let's see what we're going. Uh, Jenner campaign in debt as California recall hits home stretch. That's not too good for her chances. Um, Um, Caitlyn Jenner missing California GOP gubernational debate due to reality show. Here we go. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, she's literally missing the debate to go film a television show. Let's see if it says the show. I'm not seeing if it says it just says a reality show. I wonder if it is Australian jungle. I think I did see something about Australia. Maybe yeah, the- TV show in Australia. Ah, oh, I guess she's gonna go to Australia to get her new lady parts out in the jungle when she should be <laughs> staying in California working on some decent merchandise. I bet. How great would that be if right before the election she comes back is like I'm a man again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, she was using the celebrities in the jungle thing as a cover. She was actually getting surgery. Right. <laughs> Dick replacement surgery. They did some... Um, they did some uh, some focus groups with conservatives and they said, all right, if you would go back to being a man, we might be able to get behind you. Is that- <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Apparently, Republicans aren't really into the whole trans thing. Yeah, but then it turned out that Democrats weren't as so into trans if the trans had some Republican views. So as I said, it works on both sides, which is why I thought that she would be a good person just to have in that position because it makes the extremes on both sides um, challenge their um, their uh, preconceived notions about who and what people are. But I don't... I might have to retract my support for her if she is genuinely doing a reality show in Australia. I mean, I bet she's gone to Australia without even taking down that photo from her campaign website of her driving a car, which as we <laughs> said from the start is bad. You know what's really going to suck is when you have to get that Caitlyn Jenner for governor tattoo removed from your back. That thing is huge. Well, I went for that because none of her merchandise was decent. That was my other <laughs> issue. I mean, at least if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be Caitlyn, then you're going to get all this attention doing this. Go get some decent merch. She had just a standard yard signs and the you know whatever else and to say like and oh, wasn't it your idea that it should be Caitlyn make the switch like we came up with some great ideas I just it? think you know she's trying this whole like oh well, I'm a reality star this is my job she was always the worst part of the keeping up with the Kardashians get to politics already <laughs> alright well Des um, yeah thank you for the update and uh, throw up the X and you um yeah, you might be right that I might have to rethink my idea that uh, Caitlin was a, a good contender for governor of California if she'd rather be. I mean, who wants to be in the jungle in the first place? Like, no, no one. D- no. Now this song, In the Jungle, makes zero sense whatsoever. <laughs> However, my other... The lion is not sleeping, it's eating me. <laughs> yes. My other possibly controversial point oh no regarding celebrities here we go and who we should listen to oh boy i don't know if it was more controversial of me to say that i was backing caitlin for governor of california or that quite often more recently in his uh uh twitter videos oj's actually making a lot of sense wait is this another (laughs) addition to our newest segment oj right again okay we need to start giving these these uh, segments jingles um Bum, bum, bum! OJ, right again. Well, tell us, how was OJ right this time? So, uh, yeah, uh, Steve uh, drew this to my attention. I love it when the people that listen to the podcast do the work for us. Oh, like, like, I mean, I was up there going, just getting the standard news when, when uh, Caitlin was everywhere saying she was running for California. I didn't do a deep enough dive to realize she's kind of forgotten about that and has gone to Australia instead. I think it's clear we're best when we do nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. So if you could, uh, if you, if we're like that song you'd say it best when you say nothing at all only we're like we say it best when we say it but all of the work has been done by someone else it's not such a catchy title but it's the same kind of premise i only know the music of bill wyman um <laughs> that's a throwback to three episodes before cc <laughs> <laughs> 
that's really funny if you listened three right. episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're like, shut up and get to the get to the past Caitlin stuff. Yeah, well, no, because we're moving on to OJ now. Oh, right, right. What's the segment called? Oh, OJ, right, right again. again. Boom, boom, boom. Right. So, um, yeah, Steve sent me uh, sent me a, a, a link to his, uh, to his latest Twitter video because I, I did say that uh, you know, I mean, again, might be controversial, but OJ seems to be saying things that you know make some sense. So, uh, and I don't know if he's posted since because this was earlier in the week but there was a uh, a video that oj posted um and he was talking about the amount of unvaccinated people uh who are getting covid now and how many of them are in hospital and i understand this is a very contentious issue now oj was on his video saying that he saw a female doctor on the news that morning before he went and played his round of golf. And she said that getting the vaccine is a bit like wearing a seatbelt. And I stabbed her. (laughs) Oh, that's not the next part of the video. (laughs) No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He clubbed her over the head with his golf club. Okay. okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's the most dangerous implement he's allowed to be around now. Yeah, they're like, they're that's like, a good point. They're just letting him wield weapons at well, all times. I mean, with OJ, I mean, you, you'd at least only let him have plastic cutlery these days. I think, like, you'd be like, I wouldn't like. He's it. actually this. playing with like mini putt. <laughs> he's only allowed on crazy golf. I mean, it's a, it's a fine line. You certainly wouldn't want him around any sharp knives. But I, I, I and I, I'm not someone who, who plays golf. But I gather that it's quite relaxing, right? It yeah, can be quite for right. sure. So it's a fine line between keeping him relaxed on the golf course, but also at the same time allowing him to have an implement that he could quite easily whack someone over the head with and kill them. <laughs> we need to keep him golfing at all times. This guy is a murderer. They're like, uh, as a safeguard, never let him play golf wearing gloves. <laughs> so anyway i guarantee you his golf glove absolutely fits (laughs) but he struggles with the plastic cutlery they only allow him to use at home and they're like i can't make this plastic knife fit the steak i'm trying to cut up see we're just taking advantage of the last remaining moments we have to bash oj because apparently he's right all the time did i even get to the end of his quote i I interrupted saying he stabbed the doctor Here's an example of him as example of him being right and this is not like he's quoting someone else and I've seen this quote used uh, uh, all, all over the place but again OJ's seen it and gone yeah that makes sense because like I said quite often recently recently OJ saying things that make sense so he saw a doctor on the TV and she said uh, getting the vaccine is like wearing a seatbelt it won't stop you from crashing but if you do crash there's less chance of you dying and I agree with that and OJ agrees with that the the, the other funny thing about this video is that although uh, as Steve pointed out it was an example of uh, possibly supporting the OJ right again segment but he then does like point his finger in a waggly pointing finger kind of way oh, at no. the camera. Does he finger guns? <laughs> Telling the unvaccinated that they should get vaccinated. And because it's coming from OJ, it's, it's a little more threatening. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm threatened from you like miming the finger towards me. If that was OJ, I'd die. Because he'd be killing me because he's a murderer. Next uh, next um, video is uh, OJ going, Hey, President Biden, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a podcast called Did You America? And it says I'm making a lot of sense these days. 
They also brought up the fact that when I uh, did some finger pointing at the camera at the unvaccinated, I looked vaguely threatening. You know that idea that you've got that people could go door to door to get people vaccinated? Hire me! Right, like instead he's using this like little Disney star to pass along the message. We don't need kids to be vaccinated. We need adults that are terrified to be vaccinated. Get OJ on the stand. I that that could Not be. that type of stand. <laughs> that 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 could be a way to do it. Imagine OJ walking up your garden path, golf club in hand. Ah. <laughs> and he's doing it like for Hey Twitter World! You know, this is OJ. Here's someone. I'm going to ask them if they've been vaccinated. I mean, literally, they would. The person behind the door would be like a junkie with a fucking belt, like <laughs> tying off, getting a vein ready, going, shoot me up. You know what's the saddest part about the video? And I don't enjoy complimenting OJ, but I gotta say, the guy looks great for his age. Jail does wonders to a guy. Yeah, I mean, for a man who's like well in the seventies now, right? Yeah, like if you're going to brutally murder your ex-wife in some <laughs> random waiter, and then later on. Try Try to you know get your your uh, suit your uh, Heisman Trophy back and all this memorabilia. You pull out a gun so you can get it back. You might as well go to jail for ten years and get jacked. <laughs> yeah, he's looking uh, he's looking pretty good. So anyway, yeah, Steve, thank you for the concept uh, that uh, that OJ is uh, again making sense on uh, Twitter. Um, discussing the analogy between uh, seatbelts and vaccinations. I think that's a, a, a good point. Also. Um, Terry messaged about people uh, jumping on the uh, the Limp Bizkit bandwagon since um, they had uh, a lot of uh, press off the back of their uh, appearance at Lollapalooza. I have something I need to admit. Okay. I My name's Jeremy Hoffman, and I'm addicted to watching the Limp Bizkit Lollapalooza set. I have now watched it three separate times. I listened to it while working out. It was like taking steroids straight to the eyeball. Anyone would think that you were aware that Fred Durst replied to a post about this podcast, so oh. now you're just going to say nice things about him to get him on side. Me and Fred Durst are best friends now. <laughs> we broke stuff together. Some people say we might have broke bread. Well, again, I was sort of supporting Fred Durst on the podcast earlier in the week um just saying that i think he's been pretty smart you know like um, the point i was making about guns and roses earlier on if you're not putting out new music and you're just coming uh, for a, having a comeback live the longer you leave it uh and if you do it during the right point in the cycle of time when you do return to the live stage um you can suddenly become back in fashion again. And I did say, I like the idea of him having this old man wearing a cardigan with gray hair makeover because then he doesn't get the kind of criticism that Axl Rose gets because people, you know, if he's trying to look like he did in the 90s, but he looks like a bad version of himself, he's going to get a lot more criticism. Whereas he's got this look, you can say whatever you want about gray-haired granddad in a cardigan, but like he's in his 50s and he's kind of owning it, making his life easier. Based on everything you just said, I actually, I want to share my new favorite part of the Lollapalooza set. It's showing that him as an adult thinks much differently than he did as a youth. As he's performing Nookie, and he's saying, you should take the cookie and stick it up your ass. <laughs> yeah. He pauses to inform the crowd. That's a metaphor. Do not take cookies and shove them up your butt. Health and safety with Fred Durst. Very adult now. I mean, if he would play a round of golf with OJ, the knowledge that we would get. I mean, it would be like, my God, what a think tank this golf course has just suddenly become. I think, I think Fred Durst is the only person alive that can get OJ to admit he murdered his wife. 
That's the power of Durst. Yeah, but we need to get a little bit more sense out of OJ to get get us all on the right, right yeah, track. I don't want that to happen yet. <laughs> right, yeah, we because... still have that presidential run coming in three years. <laughs> so yeah, Fred Durst uh, replied to this podcast with three lightning emojis uh, whenever we posted the podcast in the week. What do lightning emojis mean? I get fire emojis, heart emojis. These are all basically saying "fuck yeah." What does lightning say? I think it means like it, it's it's fuck yeah, but it's more dangerous. Because if it's because if it's a so you're f- choosing fire over lightning. No, right I'm now. choosing lightning over fire. Right. Yeah. No, you said it the other way around. Oh. Try and keep on track. Okay. Try so Pika- you're more of a Pikachu. I'm rocking Charizard. We get it. I'm saying that you know if it's a fire, you can put it out. If lightning striking, there ain't nothing you can do about it. That's what Fred Durst is saying. His comeback is okay. I'm, I'm gray haired and I'm cardiganed up, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I tell you, wait till he comes out in the rocking chair. That's the that's the that's the perfect addition to his new look, which also makes his show easier for him. All I'm thinking right now is, what did I say negative about Fred Durst in last episode, and will this ruin my chances of becoming his best no, friend? No, because you just said that watching uh, Limp Biscuit at Lollapalooza was the, my uh, new addiction. Uh, yeah, exactly. And True it, life, I'm addicted to Fred Durst. <laughs> MTV, call me. So uh, Terry uh, messaged. I think he's a little bit rankled by everyone suddenly jumping on the Fred Durst bandwagon and said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Limp Biscuit fans. When everyone, when's everyone else going to start coming out admitting that they all?" always love Nickelback which to be honest Terry I think is a good point I've often said regarding Nickelback no one admits that they like them but yet as a band for the last 20 years they've been selling out arenas so that fan base is out there I'm still convinced that they congregate somewhere on the dark web. There must be some kind of safe space for... It's where Limp Biscuit fans used to go, but now we're out in the open. Now the Limp Biscuit fans are out the front of Hot Topic picketing for them to get some of those cardigans in because they want to look <laughs> like Fred Durst. They're like, look, you've got too many Funko dolls. Move some of those aside. Where's the Limp Biscuit section where you get cardigans and grey wigs? That's what they're saying. I bet Terry never did it for the Nuki. I'm telling you. Telling you, like the next thing you're going to see is never mind those Dolly Parton rocking chairs at Cracker Barrel. They're going to be Fred Durst rocking chairs <laughs> out the front of Cracker Barrel. Oh, I'd go broke. <laughs> the the Limp Biscuit acoustic tour at Cracker Barrels oh on, the, on the highways and byways of this country. <laughs> There's an idea. I should be managing him at this point. I'm going to reply to him and go, "Hey, don't think this is too out there. What do you think about Fred Durst acoustic at Cracker Barrels?" Love it. I'm telling you. And then the rocking chair could become an actual thing. So, um, yeah, I well, no, I'm with you, Terry. Uh, you might be uh, not liking people jumping on the uh, the Limp Biscuit bandwagon, but um, it's only a matter of time before the Nickelback one comes back around. The only thing I would say is the, is the difference here is that I don't think Limp Biscuit were getting particularly big bookings. I think that's why. It, Fred Durst decide to stay at stay at home, go grey naturally, and get a, a cardigan collection. Whereas Nickelback have always been in arenas, so I feel like that might be the sort of like the the the, the underground the sort moment, of thing. The moment Chad Kroger gets accused of murder, I guarantee you their comeback will be here. It's a bit like what um, the. Uh, Actually, I'm not going to say what I just thought in my head. Yeah, it's let's too, go ahead and no, just drop it's that. Too, it's, too, it's too controversial. I told it's, you, you've cancelled us enough. I was this about week. to say. I was about to say, like, in terms of like, if the, if if keeping things um, secret in terms of your fandom of certain bands 
was an analogy along with how things have come along with like sexual proclivities. I was going to say that Limp Biscuit are like what in back in the day it was like you used to you were gay and you couldn't say it and now it's like yeah I'm gay and everyone loves it like Limp Biscuit with that. I was going to say something terrible about Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but now I've workshopped it in right, my own right. mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Let's just stop it at Limp Biscuit of the new guy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the rainbow flag has just been officially ch- switched to the Limp Biscuit logo. Whereas the baby's going, no, I thought <laughs> I was supposed to be the new guy. I've apologized. <laughs> the worst apology ever, by the way. I don't want to like talk about the baby for that long because I feel like it's like Tuesday's news. Um, but, you know, it's funny, on the previous episode, we said that um, if he deserved any credit, and again, everything he said was outrageous and t- terrible opinions, but they're clearly his opinions, and I said if he deserves any credit, does he deserve credit for the fact that he hadn't apologised? Because so many people, as I said, have made bad jokes, or even jokes that weren't considered bad that were unearthed from 20 years ago, and suddenly they go on an apology tour that they clearly don't mean because a joke that now is seen in bad taste that they made 20 years ago, 20 years ago was fine. Uh, and I was, there's some very um, unconvincing apologies that have been put out since the whole woke movement. So the baby not apologizing, I was like, okay, terrible human, terrible things to think, but maybe some credit for not apologizing. And then of course, as soon as we put that podcast online, he does make an apology. Only it was the most scripted by his PR apology. Of, like that, that apology was like, you've been canceled from everything we had you booked for until the end of 2022. I'm just going to text an apology now. No, you know what the best part about the apology was is the fact that he basically blamed it on everyone else. He was like, this is your guys' fault for not educating me. I just Googled it. baby is literally six months older than me. It's not like he grew up during like the AIDS epidemic when like, you know, having those thoughts about people with AIDS is what kind of like was spread around by a lot of people. Right. He's doing this in 2020. We now know that AIDS like isn't the the gay disease. We watch my Magic Johnson's still alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. And um, and uh, meanwhile, Matt da- Damon's going. Thank God for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for the baby. I just put out an apology, which also was kind of like unconvincing, messing with the chronology of when I said my daughter said what she said and when I said it and everything, making that kind of like all over the place. But I think I got away with it because however unconvincing my apology was for claiming that I hadn't used the uh, f gay slur word, it was nowhere near as bad as what the baby's press officer clearly wrote for him. I mean. Again- Again, just use the baby's tactic. It was Boston's fault. <laughs> they say that word all the time. I also saw <laughs> because they're so <laughs> so closely connected, and I don't know whether he actually put this out himself. It might just be a joke that people have come up with, but it's very funny. Since the Matt Damon apparently using the gay F-word slur as recently as like two weeks ago scandal broke. I keep seeing a picture of Ben Affleck wearing a rainbow-colored Love is Love shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's a shot of him, if you've seen it, he's literally just like about to cross the road. He's on a sidewalk and he's like, I think you'll find... I was wearing this in the 2000s, just to let you know, I know we're mates and the people always group us together as the people from Boston, but I was wearing this shirt. If Guns N' Roses are listening, 
That Ben Affleck tactic of going back to something from the 2000s, that's when it's a good idea. Right. <laughs> I think, Matt Damon, your only solution left at this point is to, you know, again, like I said, blame Boston. Here's a good one for you. I had a taste of some delicious clam chowder. I got so excited and I screamed out. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. No, no, because we've learnt self-editing during today's podcast. Yes, because I didn't know it last week. I'm gonna do, well. I'm gonna tell you if I'd have if I'd have gone where my mind was going with my Nickelback analogy. <laughs> oh my god! I can't wait till we close up this podcast so you can tell me where you were going with that. I like to know I'm not the only one here with a terrible mind. <laughs> All right. It's going to be one of those things where I think... No, I don't actually think... Well, it is sort of funny, but it's, it's going to be one of these things where sometimes when we discuss things before the podcast and I say to you, I think it might be going a bit too far. Why don't you trial it in stand-up? Like, my damage limitation for our podcast is if you do it on a stage in front of people and don't get beaten up, then we'll do it. Right. Right. Okay, so I'm the barometer here. So I tell me what it is. I'll go out this weekend. We'll see how it goes. If I come back Monday with a black eye, we won't bring it up on Monday. <laughs> All right. We're going to be back on Monday because there's so much more to get to. I'm very excited about uh, Quentin Tarantino making Rambo. I'm very excited about the resurgence of Applebee's. Applebee's in general just excites me way more than it should. Um, and I'm a little bit concerned about uh, Charlie Watts in the Rolling Stones. There are some teases for what will be in the next episode. Love I know. It. I can barely wait. You, what's funny is oh, you so already depending, know. Depending as to whether or not you turn up on Monday with a black eye, I might do the Nickelback <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, you're giving a lot of teases. You know damn well on Monday we're not touching any of these topics. If you want to talk to us, digiamerica.com. You can type us a message there. You can leave us a voice message. You can also uh, check out old episodes of the show or buy one of our T-shirts. How great are they, Jeremy? Great on your nipples. Digiamerica.com is the website for that. If you want to uh, vote for song of the week or talk to us on social media camfield off the radio on instagram ian camfield on twitter did we america hell yeah we did